We are here at the Africa FinTech Summit, uh, meeting with Mr. Egose Umwegi. He's a managing general partner at EcoVC, one of the leading uh, venture capital firm uh, in Africa. And we are very glad that you took time to talk to us. Uh, so first of all, if you could just give us a bit of your background for our listeners. Uh, sure. So as, as I said, my name is Egosa and I run a, a venture capital firm uh, uh, called EcoVC Partners. Uh, we make uh, seed through growth uh, investments in technology and technology-enabled businesses focused on sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, we're based in Lagos and um, very glad to be here. Okay, thank you very much. So if we could start right away, what is your investment philosophy as to when you are looking at the startup ecosystem, be it in Africa, and I know you also invest in North America as well. So I think what we've tried to do, particularly for African investments, is that we're very thesis-driven, mm -hmm. um, but ex execution-focused. And so we've published or discussed a few of the key elements that we like to look for, or we like what well, we like to invest in. Uh, so the biggest one that we've talked a lot about uh, in terms of sort of like a theme uh, is what we call lubricants, right? where you're really looking forward to investing in products and services that either eliminate or mitigate friction. In emerging markets, friction is a very significant part of your everyday life. And in our view, I think, you know, you know friction also sort of enables, you know, things, you know, unfortunately things like corruption. Yeah. And so looking for products and services that eliminate and mitigate uh, friction, I think, is a very key theme for us. Um, we've also sort of spent a fair amount of time looking at another theme that we call uh, fragility, mm -hmm. which, you know, really encircles uh, elements such as healthcare, uh, uh, women, um, and the like. Um, we also think about uh, lift, okay. uh, which will be, you know, you know encompass something as, as important as education. Yeah. And so we're very, very thesis-driven, and for, for us, that matters. Um, but what that enables us to do is to really dive deep into some of these sectors yeah. that are touched by these themes and really understand them and get a very high-fidelity set of insights mm -hmm. about what kinds of products and services will work. Yeah. And you match that with the, the, the entrepreneurs that are you know, looking at those types of, of opportunities. And in, in these markets, um, because it's very different from investing in the U.S., we've, we've, you know, I've told people several times that my biggest, my biggest learning in, in making, starting to do investing in Africa was on learning everything I learned in, in the Valley. And the reason why is because it's just a very different ecosystem. Yep. And so what we're trying to do is to, to find those high-quality entrepreneurs who understand that ecosystem and know how to operate in that ecosystem and then you know, support them with cash and, and, and mentorship. Yeah. And that's, that's what we do. Okay. And you kind of alluded to it. Uh, you came up with themes, and I'm guessing those themes were formed among a certain set of themes. So when you look at the, the VC space in Africa or the startup ecosystem in Africa, what are the key themes at the moment uh, and the sectors you think uh, have the greatest opportunity set. We are here at the FinTech conference. Uh, when I looked at your portfolio, it doesn't seem to, you don't seem to have a pure FinTech play. Is there a reason for that? And why, you know, what, what kind of sectors are you looking at? 
So it's a great question, and the reason why was we tend to zig when everybody's zagging. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really sort of like to call our firm contrarian, but we have done a pretty good job of sort of marching to our own beat. And fintech as a sector certainly has gotten a lot of sort of frenzy mm -hmm. and excitement. But remember, what we do first and foremost as a firm is develop high fidelity insights. Yeah into markets. And so what we have found is a lot of people sort of are thinking about fintech in, in, in ways that we don't think reflect the local milieu mm -hmm. or in ways where they don't really reflect where we think the demand lies. Yeah. And so for us, you know, we just took our time. Yeah. We're never in any big rush. You know, we have done investments. I mean, you will see some more announcements next week. Um, but we've done investments in a variety of sectors, yeah. um, and you know we'll continue to do those. You know, I mean, we, you know, I'll, I'll give you a classic example of, of 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 an element of sort of fintech. You know, yeah. when people talk about blockchain and cryptocurrency and the like, and you know, people get very excited. But you'd be surprised at how many gigantic opportunities lie uh, within health. Just sitting there waiting for yeah. someone to sort of organize. And you know, you're not trying to sort of compete with 3,000 other companies trying to do the same crypto uh, protocol-based you know, currency or, or, or platform. Yeah. It's just, you know, and, and, and these are high-impact opportunities as well. Yeah. So you know, we, we, like I said, we, we focus on just sort of marching to our own rhythm. Yeah. Um, and you know, we continue to investigate you know, new sectors, mm -hmm. existing sectors, thinking, rethinking and imagining ways of of delivering products and services. But at the bottom, the bottom line though is, you know, these are companies and opportunities that with technology can, can materially scale. Yeah, you, your firm has a unique uh, across border uh, uh, kind of investment uh, policy and you, you invest both in North America and Africa. My question is, what does an Africa-based VC firm fund has to offer an American company or what do you bring in on both sides, like be it on the North American side versus the African side? I think for us, what we bring uh, to the North, so you have to think about it from, from two ways, right? There's sort of North American base and North American domicile. Yeah. So you're seeing more and more companies now that are North American based because it's easier to hire mm -hmm. a significant component of the engineering talent there. Uh, but their a material part of the business is, is, is in Africa. Yeah. And so for us, having that duality of, 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 of not just purpose, but, but, but execution and, and insight um, provides a very specific kind of value add that these, these firms can't get from just investors that are local to the US. Yeah. And so opening markets, being on the ground, um, being able to solve day-to-day -day problems. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we're doing this on a day-to-day -day basis. There are yeah. lots of examples I can't share, but you just, you're just things where you know something happens. The the, the company calls you. You yeah. solve it that day. Um, you go back to the board meeting the next month, and you're explaining it. And your co-investors are looking at you and going, "Why did this even happen to begin with?" <laughs> and it doesn't make any rational sense. Yeah. But you're not asking why it happened. You're just, you know, when you're on the ground, you're just focused on dealing with it yeah. and resolving it. So that's fundamentally what it is. And it's, it's been very helpful. We'll continue to do it even more aggressively going forward. And, you know, and for us, you know, 
knowledge is, you know, knowledge worth sharing, knowledge worth cross-pollinating is the reason why we do this anyway. Yeah. Um, two more questions, if you don't mind. The first is about your recent partnership with uh, TPG Growth. Uh, I believe you have done two deals already with them. Announced. Uh, you have announced two deals with them, Frontier and Grow Intelligence. So I just, to the extent you can share that, what's the nature of that partnership? And is it a co-investment structure or is it a structure whereby you guys do the, the groundwork of the deal sourcing and more or less bring the capital to you? Like what's the nature of that partnership? So uh, I think it was, it was it, what, what TPG, we, we work really well with them. They're fantastic investors. Um, and we're very excited, not just about the stuff we've done, but a lot of the stuff that's coming. Yeah. And uh, the partnership, I think, was, was, was in part TPG's, was based on TPG's own sort of self-awareness around ensuring that they could create sort of a useful pipeline of investable opportunities around technology yeah. uh, that, 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 that will be Africa-focused. And at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, gets interesting early, uh, not too early certainly for them to manage within their own infrastructure, the private equity fund, their last, their last growth for, TPG growth for, plus the RISE fund, you know, it's probably around five, five and a half billion dollars. You're just, you're just not able to start writing the small checks like yep. we can. Mm -hmm. So it works out perfectly because, you know, we source a lot of the deals. You know, they also send us stuff that's interesting that comes their way that's too small. Yep. Um, and we do it the other way, you know. So, you know, we were fortunate enough to be able to source Trace for them. Okay. Right. And um, that was too big for us, yep. right. And, uh, but it was, it was great for them, right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and, and, you know, they've also been able to sort of send, you know, interesting deals to us as well. And so that, that fundamentally allows us to make the small investments. Yeah. Uh, we work together to help in the company building for those investments. And the hope is that at some point in time, those investments grow fast enough where they can then absorb uh, a larger check that's in keeping with sort of the TPG format, which is, you know, in the you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 and up type yeah. stuff. So it's, it's, um, it, it, it works. It's, it's a very symbiotic relationship and, um, and we've learned a lot from them, and hopefully they've learned a little bit from us. You know, yeah. We're on the smaller side, so we don't, you know, presume that we know more than they do. Yeah. But but it's been great. Okay. Well, my last question is regarding the type of invest uh, founder you would invest in. You talked about how you had yourself to go through an, a learning process, mm -hmm. and most of my friends in my MBA are all eager to go back and start biz mm -hmm. businesses on the continent, but they've they've all been Western educated, um, so. Would you invest in any of them? And if not, why not? And what are the key characteristics of a founder that is going to be successful on the continent? So that's a trick question uh, because there is the default answer, but I'm not going to fall for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know, you know, I, I I love folks who have MBAs. You know, I went and got one out of Babson. Um, that just uh, you know, sometimes I wonder. You know, when I look back at it, you know, it was incredibly valuable for the point in time in my life when I did it. And so, you know, MBAs are highly valuable. But here is the challenge. The challenge is that when you're in Africa, there's a certain kind of mentality that you need to be a successful founder. And one key theme that recurs is your inherent lack of optionality. And I'm sorry, but an MBA gives you a lifetime of optionality. That's a problem. So, you know, and then the other thing as well is, you know, MBAs bring a certain 
credibility and gravitas to you know a PowerPoint deck a team right and so that may work for for you know overseas you know sources of money and the like but based on what we've learned on you know the four years on the ground there the reasons why people are successful is you've got a high hustle quotient you don't quit you don't get frustrated when everything is frustrating you you know your environment your people your customers your your partners this can happen every day yep. right and so your ability to stomach not just the risk but the stress mm -hmm. of everyday stuff and keep pushing with that vision is is it, it seems trivial but it is literally what separates the winners from the losers yep. and you know I'll be candid when we when we got there we had a hypothesis about the types of founders we would bet on and you know we kind of sort of trifurcated that you had sort of pure local founders you had teams that were sort of a mix of local and repats and um, you know and then of course you have you know maybe just just repats yeah. uh, what we found when we look at our portfolio now is that it's it is all over the map mm -hmm. um, but even the repats have have become local yep Right, and you can literally see where escape velocity begins. Mm -hmm. That's right at the point of localization. Yeah, you can see it, right? And so for us, you know, we sit down and say, you know what, no problem. You can repat yourself back home, and uh, and then when you spend two years here, mm -hmm. then we can sit down and talk about it because yeah. we think that's about the minimum amount of time. You need to stop the Americanization or Englandization or whatever it isization that you've been at, and you sort of learn how to figure stuff out and how to deal with people and the like. I mean, there's a deal that we we, we did um, that we passed on four times, and um, and the truth of the matter was, you know, the founder asked me, you know, like what changed? You know, why did you, you like you declined all these times and all of a sudden you just told me to come in and you were like okay we're going to do this deal um, and I said I'll tell you what changed you changed and he was like why I was like because I literally looked in your eyes and I realized that the localization process was complete <laughs> and I was now you have de-risked a very significant element of the risk profile of this deal. Yeah. So we're good to go. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Omoidi, uh, for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>